Jean Catch was apathetic, corrupt, and usually high. Another way of saying that would be he was a man of his time and fit well within the what's in it for me area of the 30th century. The skills required to be a detective in this part of the world at this point in time were a lot different than what it took to be a TV detective back in the day. Being morally corrupt and a little bit high would work to his advantage. Privatizing law enforcement meant that the slower the gears of justice turned, the better your hourly pay. It also meant that on cases like these, in which Jean Catch was navigating his way through the upper echelons of high society, a place where people didn't have to work too hard to be very rich, were completely detached from the real world and had no care or concern for the suffering of the people around them, he blended right in. Your robot will have to wait in the coat room, buddy. A, he's not my robot. He's his own robot. And B, I'm not your buddy. How about I get a sir up in this bitch? You come in here with mismatched shoes and piss-stained jeans and you want a sir? That is Honeymelon Splashback, my good man. You are not one of these people, and if I make it one minute of my day where I don't have to kiss rich people's asses, you'd better believe I'm going to take it. Now, are you coming in here, or what? Fair point. Lead on. To wit, the monk replied, I thought my sheets were dirty, but Mother Superior, yours are positively filthy. (laughs) You're four o'clock, sir. Ah, yes. Admiral Clone told me you would be coming. Jean. Jean Catch. The pleasure is mine. Have a seat. Would you like a drink? Just a double scotch. No ice. Little tiny fun umbrella in it if you have one of those, though. You heard the man. Yes, sir. Right away. Gotta say, this is some uh, nice digs. Not as secretive as I would have thought. Yes, well, between you and me, and the sycophants listening in, this building is reserved for the more public-facing front of our organisation. So this two-square-block building is just used for... Pre-gaming, mostly, and meetings with the uninitiated. When I was a kid, I lived in the backseat of a Fiat Mundo with a missing door for three years, but what do I know? So, Gronk. Systemic. Terrible card player. Even worse, investor, and was well known for having the most unsavoury habit of driving his golf cart right on to the green. Is that right? All-round terrible person, and even worse golfer. The man's short game was atrocious. It was like he couldn't see five feet in front of him. Do you think either of those things would inspire someone to uh, cut his head off? I beg your pardon? Do you think someone in your club, or secret society, whatever you want to call it, killed the man? He's dead. Yeah, didn't the Admiral tell you? I wasn't really listening to my assistant when she was reading the email to me. Well, your man's been deheaded. That is to say, someone cut the dude's head off. And as a result, he is in fact dead. Sweet September! And you think one of the members? The way things are looking so far, a lot of people didn't like him. Do you think one of your club buddies didn't like him enough to do this? No, murdering someone is strictly against the bylaws. Okay, but it's not like that kind of thing has ever stopped someone from getting killed before, right? The men of the organisation to which you refer, but I will not say the name out loud, are men of class and honour. They solve their issues on the badminton court. Not through such crass acts as murder. That sounds more like the kind of thing the Hollywood lot do. Oh, so you're part of a different lot? Of course. I wouldn't be caught dead in that ghastly business. Pardon the pun. 
Wapun. Systemic was lucky in that he had a slim connection to the Shim lineage, and GNR made good money. Otherwise, he would never have made it past this place. So there was no professional rivalry? God, no. That would be like a duck being jealous of a goose. Not sure what the hell you mean by that, but okay. You're still business people, though. In my experience, business people, especially the blue-blood business people, do all sorts of nasty things to save face. My experiences have proven the same, but there is a difference between destroying someone's life and cutting off the head of someone you partner with in the yearly sports day and need for the egg and spoon race. So you're just partners in spoon races? You'll find many a strange bedfellow in our organisation. Rather, you would if you were permitted to look into such things, which you are not. If I said I'd like my mechanical associate to look at your books? I would say no. It wouldn't be much of a secret society if we let people go looking around, would it? He's very discreet. Still, I'm going to say no, but best of luck with everything. I've never seen a waiter with so many face tattoos. Oh, I see, this is a bouncer situation. Okay, well, it looks like I'm going. I've been throwing out a nice place with this. No, it's not a hat, it's a robot. That robot there, see? 809. Hello, Mr. Kurtz. Come on, Jeeves, we're going back to the mansion. We're not getting anywhere here. That is unfortunate. In more progressive news, I was able to make contact with Hill Rutherford. Who the hell's Hill Rutherford? Following your instructions last night, I downloaded proximity-triggered authentication-cracking software. Mr. Hill was one of two people that left messages on Mr. Gronk's private shower line. And what does this Mr. Hill have to say for himself? Content of the message falls under the purview of things I have been told to not release publicly. I might make my job so much harder than it has to be. Okay, well, what do you have to say in terms of an alibi? Mr. Hill is currently mid-flight returning from the East Coast and claiming his time there as his alibi. He has agreed to meet with you to discuss matters more upon your convenience. Well, if he wasn't here, I suppose there's no rush. You said there were two messages. What was the other one about? Galazium. Galazium? What the hell is that? The call came from a untraceable number. The caller left no name, but did align herself with the Yippy Dippy Gang. I thereby conclude, Golazium is a new street drug, though cannot match it to any in my file of known narcotics. You can't match it? That means there's a street drug I haven't done. That can't be right. I have a reputation to maintain, J9. No, this won't do. We have to hit up all the local dealers I know and find what they're selling. Maybe, you know, take a few samples as well for, like, the case and for science reasons. Good plan, John. Jeeves, set the GPS for the bad part of town and the car stereo to the invisible hippie band. I've got some detective work to do. Welcome back, sir. Thank you, Mayhew. Any calls while we were out? You were gone for two days, sir. Yeah, and you must have had some calls in that time. For you, sir, no. 
We did, however, recently receive a visitor. I'm sure you'd be interested in. And whom may that be? Who? Whom? Who? Who is it? She's in the master bedroom, sir. My master bedroom? What kind of a person shows up to someone's house uninvited and rummages through their things while they're not home? I'll have words with her. So, you must be Miss Vaughn. That's right. And you must be the lawman Mayhew said was squatting in my house. Well, Grunk was the only name listed on the property as an owner, and since he's without a cranium, it belongs to the government right now. And they say I get to stay in it for a while. What are you, what are you doing? Processing my grief in my own way. Looks like you're trying to get a peacock into a knockoff designer bag. Knockoff? Oh, honey, if you think that's a real Venmar Vulture bag, then your hubby isn't the only one who needs his head checked. <laughs> Again, my condolences. Listen, you. He was not my hubby. And more importantly, I bought this on Chuckle Brother Avenue, and it cost more than it would take to put a hit on you. Now there's an interesting statement. It's almost like you've been looking into hiring a hitman or something. Don't you have to threaten to take me downtown before we can smash cut to the big interrogation scene? No, that's just one of those things people see in movies. We haven't done that in decades. It's not really cost-effective. Nowadays, we just do this. Oh, Jeeves? Do you require emergency assistance, Mr. Gertz? No, just please engage your lie detector mode, Jeeves. Engaged. Don't I need my lawyer present for- Again, that's just what happens in the movies, not in real life. Not that you'd be able to tell the difference. How long have you been in Hollywood now, Ms. Vaughn? Fifteen years. Oh, really? You must have made a few pitches in that time. Not as many as I would have liked. It's a harsh business, with a very small window where you're seen as something that's commercially viable. I took advantage of a crack in the glass to hook up with a producer. It was either that, or end up working in zero-gravity porn. And you chose Grunk because of his kind, giving nature that I'm hearing go so much about. Lie detector or not, I would be honest when I say no one was in love in this relationship. He had something I needed. I had something he needed. I don't want to sound rude, but what would that be exactly? He gets a fresh stack of headshots on his desk every day of pretty young things willing to do anything for a part. So, so why was I selected to be the take-home one? Because he felt like he owed me. Because of this certain thing I can do with some ice and a bag of fizzy sherbet. Mostly because whenever he had a week off between projects and he didn't want to be alone. Really? That's it? I know. Pathetic, right? People like Gronk, they get used to the party lifestyle. They get used to having people around them. They don't like being alone. That's why they have the wife for dinner parties, the mistress for the real parties, and the hookers for the miscellaneous. Gronk just skipped the wife part. Is that why you cut his head off? Because you thought you should be on the wife rung of the Hollywood concubine ladder? I had nothing to do with the murder. Why would I? You think Gronk was the kind of guy to write people into his will? The only thing I can legally claim is mine are things I can prove were gifts. Which is why you're trying to crawl that perverted little rainbow bird into your handbag. It's not for his pleasant company, because he's a little asshole, is what he is. He is worth a few hundred thousand double dollars, though. The way the property market works in this whole of a city, the mansion will be on sale for ten times what Gronk paid for it by next week. I'm getting paid before that happens. 
So you don't have a financial motive, that's fine. Most murders between couples aren't about money anyway, they're about jealousy. You think I care he spent his time on the casting couch, doing coke X with strippers? No, but I think your boyfriend might. You know, the pool boy that comes around once a week and you offer him a cold drink and some company. Or your starving boyfriend actor who hatches a scheme to make you both rich and promises you that you won't- I'm gonna stop you right there, Columbo. Columbo? Me? Oh my god, thank you. I've been around this business my whole life. I know how it works, and I've seen what it does to people. You need to stop working under the assumption I'm a Hollywood bimbo fresh off the boat and see how unrattled I am by all this. I don't care that he's dead because it doesn't affect my life at all. I hadn't seen him in four months. I have moved on with my life. I just hadn't fully moved out of the mansion. I'm not going to pretend that I'm sorry he's dead because he was a jerk. I am hearing that a lot. J9, what's your take, partner? Scans detect no trace of untruths. Well, duh. Now, are you going to stand there like a moron all night, or are you going to help me capture this peacock? Ah, little bastard nipped me. I don't care. Just get it in the bag. He doesn't necessarily need to be alive, either. Lady, I did not become a temporary investigator to stuff peacocks into bags. I became one because I have a crippling alcohol and drug problem, thank you very much. Got him. Mayhew said there were two of these things. Where's the other one? There are, but I'm not messing with the Duchess. That bitch is cray-cray. Good luck living with her. Don't you want to stay for a nice nightcap? I could, uh, order in some steaks, write it off as a business expense. No. J9, how long am I legally allowed to detain Miss Vaughn for questioning in relation to her being a prime suspect in a murder case? Twenty-seven hours. Really? You're going to use the law to make me have dinner with you? Well, you know what they say about absolute power. It comes in very handy. Champagne? At this part of the story, as you are getting used to the futuristic landscape in which our protagonist roams, you are probably starting to focus more on Jean Catch as a character, finding there is not much there to like. If Jean Catch can be said to have always been a prick, that is something you need a cash grab prequel series to look into. What we need to understand for now is being a prick is a useful trait for a temporary investigator to have. Not being liked makes it easier to be an antagonist. Antagonizing people puts them on edge, and in the process of them telling you where to go or how little they think of you, their internal regulator can accidentally switch off and a few truths fall out. Of course, Sean was not aware of this interrogation or tactic he had been employing all of his life. He just thought people didn't like him, and he didn't really care. Sir's duck a l'orange. Ooh. And Madame's salad bowl. Thanks. Will there be anything else, sir? Have you put J9 on charge? Yes, sir. Then we're good. Take the rest of the day off, Mayhew. Sir, it's 3.30 at night. Well, good night then, I guess. Before you go, is Gronk's driver still on the payroll? I believe Sir's driver is in the same metaphorical boat as myself. And as long as a case remains open continues to be under the employment of the estate. Have the car ready. I won't be here long. Very good, madame. Oh, you women in your escape plans. What a nightmare it must be to be a female. Have you spoken to Gronk's driver? 
I didn't even know he had one. Should I talk to him? He spent more time with Gronk than I did. Drove him everywhere in that car of his. The Alfa Romero? Uh, yeah, I assumed he drove that himself. Why spend all that money in a car you can't even drive? People thought he drove it. That's the point. This is Hollywood. The story you tell is more important than whatever the truth is. And the truth was, his eyes were too fucked to drive. His eyes? That's why he took those pills. What were they called? Gromium? Grossium? Glasium. Well, J9 thought that was a street drug. No. Overcounter. Oh, man, I did that big bag of drugs for nothing. That could have been a nice little weekend treat, that. Well, why was he getting these pills from some dodgy source that only talked to him through a shower phone? Couldn't he just get them from the chemist? Go down the boots? Treat himself to a meal deal while he's down there? Shit, I don't know. Ask Mayhew. He was paid to care about the lump, not me. Do you think Mayhew, you know, killed Gronk? I don't see why he would. You heard him. He's out of work as soon as all this is over. Most of these butler types are third or fourth generation servers. You mean slaves. They sign their life away to the family. Gronk was hardly here. All he had to do was push a broom around and he got to live in a mansion his whole life. Gronk has no kids, so he's out on his arse. What, no kids at all? You never knocked up a lady of the eve? Slipped one past the stripper in a champagne room? Didn't spend one too many nights with a waitress who worked down the beach only because she had an amazing body and was between living arrangements and then the next thing, you know, she's talking about how she's late and she wants to keep it. And that amazing beach body of hers turns to mush and you're looking for the exit because you're not ready to be tied down by some waitress who can't even remember if you ordered your fries on the side or not. Specific as that example was, no. If he did have any bastards out there, which, okay, is likely... The Shim family would have an army of lawyers that would stop them from claiming anything. Much like me, they would be stuck with whatever they managed to peel off the headless hack before he kicked it. So you've got nowhere to go. You know, my place isn't too big, and I don't really remember where it is, but you could always move no, in with- No, I have the summer home, the winter home, and the August lodge. But once you've lived in a mansion, anything else seems like living in the backseat of a car. Funny you should mention that, because I did actually- Are you going to keep me here much longer? You make it sound like I'm imprisoning you. You are. But I'm not grilling you, am I? I don't think you actually did it or anything. Then why am I here? Because talking out loud helps me see all the angles on this. I like to compare my deductive process to autoerotic asphyxiation. It helps to have someone in the room while I do it. You know, just in case. If I help you find your next step towards solving this or whatever, I can go? If you want. Or you can stay the night in my guest room. Well, since you are used to the master bedroom anyway... You know about his weird thing with phone numbers, right? He was paranoid about the Shim family board forcing him out of his studio, so he had fake phone numbers and emails all over the place. And encrypted lines in his shower. Which is odd. I'm guessing the shower line would get different messages from the one that goes to his office. It would. The board wouldn't have calls to listen into a shower phone, but they could by law claim the right to have recordings of all the calls in his office because they paid for his office. But a writer called him on his shower line. Why would a writer be talking to him on his off-books encrypted line in his shower? I don't know, but it wouldn't be anything to do with films. Hmm. Interesting. I suppose. Maybe it's not. I don't have anything else to go on, though, so... Jeeves! Boot up, buddy. Daddy needs you. Yes, Mr. Catch. 
Jane-Anne, I'm going to need you to use that software you downloaded to crack the encryption on Gronk's shower line and do a whole scan of the mansion. Search every room. I'm talking the screening room, the grotto, the taffy cupboard, the the shed. Do rich people even have sheds? I don't know. Go find out. Right away, Mr. Catch. While he's doing that, Miss Vaughn, why don't we... Oh, you've gone. All right, then. I was going to share my big bag of leftover drugs with you, but more for me, I guess. When I look better in blue, I want to wear the blue one. I don't care, Matron. I want to wear the blue one. Jeeves, what the hell? Where are we? Highway 9, driving up. Jeeves, you know I hate it when you drive. That's why I take both our lives into my hands and drive around pissed. You're too litigious to drive in Hollywood. You'll get us both killed. Your previous objections are on file, but there was an amendment to said objectives for cases in which my driving would save your life and help you keep your job. W which is this? Did I die in my sleep again? Your meeting with Mr. Rutherford was in danger of being rescheduled, and I related this to a job emergency. Well, I wouldn't have. And why don't you just wake me up instead of throw me in the back of the car like a dog's beach towel? I did attempt to awake you, sir. Persistently. For 24 minutes. Jeez, I'm begging you. Pull over and let me drive. Unnecessary. We have reached your destination. We have? Where? Where, where is that? G&R Studios. Mr. Rutford has arranged to meet you at his bungalow. Bungalow? He lives here? On the what? Mr. Catch, I had some more No, fun not this guy again. Jeez, Mr. keep Catch. driving. Okay, I will catch up with you later. God, this movie-making thing is a scam. Not only do you get paid to play make-believe for a living, but you get a free place to stay while you do it. Mr. Rutford's residence is three units after the next life. Ow. Is there a way we can do this where the criminals just come to us, or they meet us online or something? Because I am too hungover to be outside in all this disgusting fresh air. Holy... You're the temporary investigator? Yep, detective. That's me. You wanted to talk to me about this whole thing with Gronk, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you want to come in? Oh god, I'm gonna... The rebuilding of America was begun by people who had come to the country thinking it would be safe to set up shop there when the radiation dissipated, only to discover it was not. The settlers suffered the effects of nuclear fallout in the form of genetic mutation, growing tumours all over their bodies, developing extra limbs and having their bones swell and craniums enlarge. The ones that survived this mutation found ways to thrive in the new America and eventually formed a colony claim the country as their own. The British, putting a new twist on an old move, decided that they did not recognise the mutate's claim to the land, and as soon as the radiation got to low enough levels that people could live there without being turned into Cronenberg-esque skin puppets, they popped on over, planted their flag, and claimed the new America for themselves, killing any mutate that stood in their way. Taking the American mutates, or AMs, land from them was a business decision. The eradication of the mutate people was more of an aesthetic one. But genocide was not as popular as it used to be in this new century, 
and eventually the British government moved from eradication to conservation and agreed to stop the rounding up and exterminating of AMs as long as they signed over the land they claimed to own. The AMs, though small in number, still occupy parts of the new America today, facing daily prejudice given their history and grotesque appearance, most of them relegated to behind-the-scenes work, many of them forced into segregated reservations. Sometimes an AM will become so good at their chosen field that they transcend the reservations and integrate into non-mutate society. One of them, a successful screenwriter, Rudford Hill, is now talking to temporary detective Jean Cash. Oh, I'm sorry, it's just... You're so incredibly hideous, I... Can you even see me? It's just your forehead goes out so far. Yes, I can. Now, can we get on with this? I'm in the middle of a deadline, and I have to fly out to a set tomorrow. Really? Did you just get back to town? I travel a lot. One day I'm in Hollywood for a meeting, the next on set in some shitty desert somewhere. And here I am thinking you came all this way just for me. The timing of my arrival is a fortunate coincidence. Fortunate? Now there's a way that doesn't come up a lot of my line of work. Fortunate in that I assumed I would be a suspect, so knew you would want to talk to me and attempt to dissect my alibi. The alibi being that you were on a long flight during the murder. As I said, I have a lot of meetings. Could have done it before you left. Having written my first share of murder mysteries, I know for a fact the human body begins to putrefy after two. You might have hired someone to do it. And why would I do that? That's what I'm here to find out, Gruesome. So you think I did this because... Why? What? Why? Because I am a A.M.? Well, you are a dangerous, bloodthirsty people. That's an ugly stereotype. No, you're an ugly stereotype. What? Why did you cut Gronk's head off? Was it the money? Or did he not like one of your frou-frou-fancy stories and hear your little moody feelings and you just went savage on him like you people do? I want to help you here, but I don't have to sit here and be spoken to in such a way. Indeed, we can have this conversation in your cell. Jeeves, book this bumpy son of a bitch. Wait a minute. Filing paperwork. Please hold. Takes about two minutes. Hold, hold on. Oh yeah, why should I? Because I'll give you a thousand double dollars right now if you do. Jeeves, hold that paperwork. Before you try pinning this on me... You do know what a Larkland policy is, right? I'm a crooked cop, of course I know what a Larkland policy is. It's a get-out-of-jail-free card they give to rich people. It is an act passed into law that states you can't prejudice against me for the simple fact I am wealthier than you could ever hope to be. To accuse me of murder, you have to have 100% proof, video evidence, and a full written confession. Do you, do you have all that? Obviously I do not. I just have some questions and wild accusations. Since I am as steadfast in my desire to see Systemic's killer brought to justice as you, I will entertain the question, not the accusation. Well, since we are literally on your dime now, what kind of question should I ask you? You would ask me a question to ascertain if I had a motive, which I don't. You wanted him dead because he ruined one of your stupid movies. Ridiculousness! We worked well together. Our relationship was very professional. Then why did you contact Gronk on his non-studio private line? Jeeves has run the numbers. All the calls that went to that line were about drugs and affairs. Humans can't do mutate drugs and mutates can't do human drugs, so you obviously weren't talking about that. So that only leaves affairs, and since we can both agree that the very idea of a human and a mutate is such a ridiculously preposterous... 
Why why are you crying? There is a reason I wanted to speak to you, Mr. Catch. I want to make sure you find out who really did this. Because because no, 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 no. He was the greatest lover I've ever known. John Catch was created, written, directed, and edited by Liam D. Gillies for TopHatsAndCanes.com. It featured the voices of Chris Howard as the narrator, Liam D. Gillies as John Catch and J9, Mike Milling as Mr. Franklin and Rutherford Hill, Kate Sheridan as Vaughn, Paul Quinn as GNR security guard David Henry, and introducing Rudiger Who as the waiter. Background voices were provided by Will Williams and Matt Holland, and all music was scored by Neil Potter. This has been a Top Hats and Canes podcast for tophatsandcanes.com. <laughs>